Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, it turns out that if you take away your starters at running back, quarterback, wide receiver, left guard, center, linebacker, corner, and safety, it's hard to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm... I'm conflicted on the whole thing because you know i always i always hate just as a neutral observer when a you know a fan or something uses injuries as an excuse but man it is it's piling up uh, you know and and uh it is hard to evaluate a team when they're just getting hit by so many spots i mean every team has injuries that's you know it's cliche but it's true you know by this point of the year everybody's got a spot or two or three that they've got somebody playing they didn't expect to be playing but well, man, uh, you know, ten regular starters out—that's you know, do the math. That's almost half your normal lineup, and uh, it's hard to overcome that. I mean, when you go through, so Manny Wilkins out, Demario yeah. Richard out, Tim White only returning punts because they absolutely don't trust anyone else to right. do it. Sam Jones out, Salamo Fizo out, Kareem Moore out, and Armand Perry yeah. out. I mean. At a certain yeah. point, and also you've got a walk-on playing in center because of A.J. Right. McCollum's disciplinary issues. No A.J. McCollum, no Cam Smith for the second straight game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, and, you know, and then and then on the very first play, you know, one of your three normal starting linemen, Stefan McCray, gets hurt. He's out for the game. Um, not to mention, you know, you've played almost all year without Christian Sam, who might have been you know, going into the year, one of your best defensive players, maybe the best, you could make that argument. So, I mean, it, it you know, it is just piling up. I mean, it, you know, the, the team that was out there yesterday bore little resemblance to the team that, that, you know, we thought we'd have in, in August, um, you know, and, and that it's a factor, uh, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a total write-off. Um, you know, there's still problems with this team that were there when a lot of those guys were playing, but certainly you you have to consider the fact that you know you just you just don't have the guns and and when you're limited um in a lot of areas and then you start taking away player after player after player after player it's hard and and we you know we're running into that so the sun devils fall to the ducks at Odson 54-35 it's the 10th straight loss for ASU against yeah. Oregon and you know this team is in a lot of trouble because we've, you know, yeah. the next the next game that I expect us to have a, a legitimate shot at winning is probably at Arizona. Yeah. And like you said when we were previewing this game, you don't want that game to be a no. must win for bowl eligibility, and it looks like it very well could be. It very well might be. I mean, uh, you know, the Utah game is still an interesting one to me. Um, uh, you know, the the Washington game feels like some of those old Oregon games that we played where just, you know, that's a no chance proposition. Um, Utah's at home, and and Utah plays a style that's a little bit more conducive to our defensive shortcomings. They're not a high tempo team. They don't throw it a ton. Um, you know, they they play a lot of close games, and so you know you, you feel like you know maybe at home you'd have a shot. And I and I do think there is a shot, especially if some of these guys can get healthy over the over the bye week here, but. You know, yeah. I mean, look, Utah seven and two. They're playing well. They're a good. They're a good team. So that's not a game you you favor us, and certainly not Washington. So, you know, it's it's setting up for the uh, Arizona Arizona State game to to probably you know potentially determine our bowl eligibility. 
Arizona, I think, needs to win out to, to make a bowl. Um, you know, so it's it's another, you know, when people ask why the Arizona-Arizona State rivalry doesn't get more respect, I always say, well, because most of the games are played with, you know, one team trying to get into a middling bowl and the other team not even eligible. And it's setting up to be the case again this year. For ASU, it, it was much the same defensively. They gave up 734 yards of offense and 54 points, which is... <sighs> Just a recipe for disaster, and that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, and it's it's the same old story. I mean, that's what I told you yesterday. You know, right after the game in text, you know, it's it was the story in wins this year, and it's certainly been the story in our four losses. We just don't have a defense good enough to consistently win. You know, we had a. You look at it now, and you and you, you know, with the benefit of some perspective, you can see that the early season schedule was more favorable than even we thought. I mean, you had, you had four of the first six at home. Um, you had a Texas tech team that I'll admit I overrated. I don't think maybe they were that overrated in general, but, but I did. Um, yeah, UCLA was overrated in general, badly overrated. Uh, and, and Cal is, is a, you know, a 500 team right now too. So, I mean, those wins that felt like, you know, okay, you know, we beat some good teams. I don't know that we really did. We beat, we beat three average teams and we beat them at home. Um, and aside from that, you know, there's, there's not a lot of substance to the resume. Well, we certainly made Justin Herbert look good. The freshman quarterback for Oregon threw for 489 yards and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, and it felt like if you could throw, if you could get the ball to the sidelines, it, you had the chance for a big play. I know Farrell Brown went for over right. 100 yards, but Brown, other Brown, and Carrington all had huge games. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's, uh, I believe it is the, what, fourth quarterback that's gone over 400 yards passing against us this year. Mahomes had 500-some. Uh, Rosen had exactly 400. I think Davis Webb had close to 500. And, and then, you know, this guy yesterday had close to 500. So, um, you know, and, of course, if you want to trace it back to last year, you know, we finished the year giving up uh, giving up 400-plus to Skyler Howard and Jared Goff. So, I mean, this is – it's a – it's a common theme. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, darn old threw for three fifty and three quarters. Uh, Case Cook has threw for three sixty nine. Uh, you know, I mean the the you know, it just you know, Luke Falk I think threw for three ninety eight, so very close to being in that four hundred club. I mean, you just can't give up this many yards and expect to win consistently. And quite honestly, we were lucky to be five and one, giving up as many yards and as many points as, as we were, and now the chickens are coming home to roost. Well, you think about how valuable Kareem Orr is, and I know you know we've spent a lot of this year talking about how is Kareem Orr an elite corner, or is he just a really good corner who looks elite because it's so easy to pick on Hayes and Eccles and Maurice right. Chandler. Well, when you don't have Orr and the quarterback has any receiver on those yeah. guys, it, you you see what happens with this game. You know, yeah. everybody gets open. He, you know, multiple touchdown passes, multiple blown coverages. Yeah. You know, it yeah. Got, yeah. You know yeah. there was one defining play, which I don't know how the radio broadcast described it, but Herbert took the snap, he rolled out, and before he crossed the line, he flipped the ball over the defense for a big gain. And, right. And it just seemed like any team could do that to Gump Hayes right now. Yes. You know, yes. He's, yes. he's constantly got his eyes in the backfield. He gives up double moves all the time, but when yeah. you make it look like it's going to be a swing pass and, and it turns into a go route, or the quarterback bootlegs and it looks like it's going to be a run, 
he comes flying out of his coverage to come make a play, or at, at, right. at, at a minimum, he misses a step. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I, I said this to you, I think, either last week or the week before, you know, at, at what point do we stop making the excuse that, well, Gumpays isn't a natural corner? I mean, this is game nine. Uh, he's not a natural corner, and it's still his first year playing the position, but nonetheless, like, coach, coach him up a little bit. Get him better. We haven't really seen much improvement. And, you know, uh, again, to go back, I mean, we thought we saw improvement in that UCLA game, the game that, that you know, we attended. And uh, But now you look at since and you look at what we've done since and what UCLA has done since, and you think, how much of that was just UCLA's offense being inept? I mean, uh, you know, it's not a very good offense. Um, they put up a lot of numbers last week when they find, when they switched their offense back to the old system, basically, of, of throwing it, you know, 60 times in a game. Um, but it's just an inept offense. So I think they made us look better that game, but we haven't seen any of those improvements the last three weeks. Um, we're hemorrhaging yards and hemorrhaging points. And, you know, at some point, you know, you have to look deeper than, well, we just got to get young players better. I know that's what Todd Graham said early in the year. Something is, is fundamentally flawed with this defensive scheme that now going on two years in a row – uh, we're just, you know, we, we can't even be adequate on defense. I mean, uh, nobody's asking this defense to be, you know, the, the 2013 Seattle Seahawks here. Uh, we're just asking them to be passable. We're asking them to, to win, you know, to do enough to win a game where you score 35 points on the road with a true freshman quarterback and a whole bunch of injuries on offense. That They did their part, you know, and the, and the defense did not. I think that's absolutely true, uh, you know. When you think about our defensive struggles, you it starts at the back end and works its way forward. The linebacker yeah. injuries, I, I get it, but I, you know Christian Sam, like you said, has been out since the first game. So right. whatever adjustments should be locked in, and I think there have been some good ones. I think you know seeing more of Karan Crump and, mm-hmm. and more of DJ Calhoun has been good. The fact that Solano yeah. Fiso was coming into this year with you know, national award watch list level hype and has not been able to stay on the field either physically or disciplinary reasons. Right. Doesn't help, but the, you know, the front four has been fine. And if if there was a better back end, it'd be good enough. The problem is the back end struggles so badly. It does. It does. And, and, you know, I mean, I was thinking about it last night and some of it, yeah, we've, we've talked about recruiting shortcomings and certainly a corner. I think you can point to that. But there is – I do believe there are talented players on this defense from Wicker and Smallwood on the defensive line to DJ Calhoun and, and Mokiola and Fiso when he's out there, uh, Armand Perry, Kareem Moore. I mean, I'm not saying any of these guys are, are you know, national defensive player of the year kind of guys, but they're, they're good, solid players, and that's not adding up. And, and you know, so, yes, yeah, some of it is shortcomings in personnel, but – but some of it to me, it just, you know, and I know this is a classic fan thing to say, but some of it has to be coaching that the scheme is, is the scheme too complicated. Our guys, our guys thinking too much and not just reacting and playing, you know, we're constantly having these miscommunications and busted coverage. We hear that all the time. Well, we just had, we just had some miscommunications. Why? I mean, it's, it's game nine and this happened last year too. So uh, do we need to simplify what we do? I don't. I don't know the answer. I truly don't. I, uh, you know, but but somebody on that staff better figure out an answer, or they're not going to have much more time to figure it out. 
I'll tell you something that was really disappointing to see. And uh, this is nitpicking because we, you know, we were already down, but there was a play towards the end of the game that led to it. That was an Oregon scoring play. Yeah. And Mokiola got beat and gave up. He didn't chase down the yeah. run. He basically, yeah. he basically pulled up at about the 12-yard line. And you contrast that with Nikhil Harry on one of Sterling Cole's three interceptions, mm-hmm. chasing down the defensive back, you know, on the 12 because he sprinted down the sidelines to right. make a play. And, right, right. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, I think for the most part, and, and I guess, you know, look, this is, this is like saying, you know, uh, good job when you get beat by 50 points. But, uh, you know, I mean, there, there has been, for the most part, consistent effort. Now, that play you point out, it's a, it's a, you know, I can't argue that one. Um, but, you know, you, you have seen, I mean, it, you know, we both thought early in this game yesterday that this was a game that was going to get out of hand with all the injuries, with the way it started. And, you know, just like Washington State, they kept in the game when it would have been easy to sort of roll up the sidewalks and say, eh, just not our day. Um, you know, they, they kept in it into the fourth quarter and, and got within a score. And they just, you know, again, it came down to not being able to make the plays on defense that you had to. And then and then some offensive mistakes as well with turnovers. Um, so, I mean, you know, that that element of things is is probably one of the only silver linings I can say is that, you know, yeah, this team it still, still seems to be pretty much playing hard. Um, and the Harry play is, is a good you know example of that. Um, but it's not enough. You know, I mean, playing hard is great. And, and it's better than the alternative of not, but there's still something really missing with this group. And, and, you know, definitely the players that aren't out there are a factor, but a lot of these problems were happening when a lot of those players were still playing. So I can't make that totally the excuse. One, well, that is why, you know, it feels like it's gotta be a scheme problem as yeah. much as anything defensive, yeah. at least yeah. defensively, I mean, offensively. I, you know, I'm not saying Manny Wilkins could have won this game for us, but DSC ended 21 of 38 for 302 with a touchdown, but three interceptions, yeah, including some sure. ba- some bad decisions in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. It's some true freshman mistakes that happen in your first career start on the road. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, yeah, he looked really good yesterday, but he also, he, you know, his first career start against Washington, he made some of those mistakes and they got run off the field. Um, now, that was a great team they were playing, but, you know, that's it happens. Um, I, you know, Look, Sterling Cole didn't play a great game yesterday, but I think he played well enough that if if things around him had gone better, and what I mean especially with that is defensively, it was it was well enough to win. He wasn't bad. He wasn't great. Uh, certainly, Manny Wilkins I think would have helped. You know, to have him out there it would just give you a little bit more stability on offense. But um, you know, I don't I don't think I wouldn't put him near the list of of you know nor near the top of the list of problems yesterday. No, I mean, um, and we got 35 points offensively. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I mean, that's the that's the bottom line is, you know, yeah, you can point to certainly the interception he threw at the end of the first half, which they turn into a touchdown, and it goes from a nine-point deficit to 16, um, was, you know, a crucial mistake. And then, and then the one late in the game, too, I think we were down by 12 and driving, uh, you know, and have a chance to get, again, within a score. Um, but, but it's, uh, you know... Yeah, I mean the bottom line is you're right. We got 35 points. That uh, maybe isn't enough to win, but it should be. Uh, you know, if you had a, a decent defense, it probably should have been enough to win. 
and we just don't. And and again, it's uh, you know, it's it's the same story, and it's the same problems every week going back to last year, and something's got to get fixed because uh, I don't I don't think you know Todd Graham is is under pressure to get you know to be fired this year but he's going to go into next year very much under pressure and he should because we're looking down the barrel of a second straight six and six season probably at best maybe five and seven well and on that same token about the coaching staff you look around the college football landscape and I understand that defense is at a premium and the spread offense makes it really hard to stop teams but you know you watch teams in the SEC, you watch teams in the Big Ten, you watch Washington, you watch Utah. Yeah. You can make tackles. You can give up yards, but still make tackles, and that's you can. Uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's and that's the thing. That's why I say, like, I'm not asking for this defense to totally flip the script and become a dominant group. You, you know, we are playing against some very good offenses in this conference, and then you throw in Texas Tech out of conference too that we played. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's. Uh, you're going to give up yards and you're going to give up some points, but you have to get some stops and we're just not getting nearly enough. And you have to make the routine plays. I mean, the first, the first touchdown of the game sounded to me like it should have been a, you know, a 10 yard completion instead of 72. Like those are, those are the plays that just continue to happen with this defense. And I, and that, I mean, it's like beating your head against the wall. It doesn't change. We keep talking about it. They keep talking about it. The coaches, the media, the players, nothing ever changes. Yeah, and, and I don't understand what the issue is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, again, I would, I would be willing to blame the injuries if we had been different in the first half of the year. I, you know, I was, I was thinking about this last night. I mean, the Notre Dame team we played in 2014 was a team that got really decimated by injuries. And in the first half of the year, they were pretty good on defense. And then they just started getting hit hard by key losses. And in the second half, they were they were a sieve. And we got to play them in that part of the year, and we, we put up 50-something on them. And, and so you could look at that and say, man, you're just missing some really key parts. I, I don't know that I can make that excuse for, for the defense. Now, the offense, you can. The offense is really getting hit hard by key injuries. Uh, but defense, I mean, it's been a struggle all year. Christian Sam really the only one who's who's missed most of the year everybody else has played the majority of the season yeah I mean let's flip over and talk about the offense you know like I said DSC wound up with a touchdown and three picks Kalen Balaj in his first uh, go around as the feature back had 18 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown he also was two for two passing with a touchdown and had over 100 yards receiving so a pretty well-rounded game for him yeah yeah I mean you know as much as I am complaining about the defensive coaching, I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to the, to the imagination and the creativity that the offensive coaches, and I guess Chip Lindsay at the forefront of that, have shown because, I mean, man, I, I think I read yesterday we've had six different players complete a pass in the last two weeks. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're bringing out everything we've got. You know, I mean, the, the, the kitchen sink approach is very accurate. We are throwing everything out there. We're using every player we've got. We're using every trick we've got, and and it's working for the most part. I mean, it, you know, again, some mistakes here and there, but you know, thirty-two points last week, thirty-five this week, with with a whole lot of injury trouble all over the offense, from the line to the quarterback to the running backs, the receivers. There hasn't 
hasn't really been an area that hasn't been affected by losses of personnel and we're still producing points. So I, you know, I, I, uh, I give that guy a lot of credit. He's, he's, you know, he's doing everything he can to try to make this work. Well, and what I've been really impressed with one, I think his two point conversion play calling has been excellent. Yeah. And, yeah. and his short yardage play calling from bringing in the sparky formation, which we had never run something right. like that before to all of the wrinkles off it, including the Bellage pass in this game. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, because you, you look at teams who do that, and I always think, boy, it becomes very predictable. And he's, he's not allowed it to become predictable. Yeah, I mean, overwhelmingly likely we're going to run, but if you put 11 guys within two yards of the line of scrimmage, somebody's going to be open, and yeah. there's, a, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you know, again, it's, it's a mixed bag on offense, certainly. Um, you know, the turnovers are killer and, and the times they came, especially that one at the end of the first half. I think you can look back at that one and really point to an issue there. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it was enough. It, it should have been enough uh, with all the mistakes and all the problems, you know, to go on the road with with all those new faces and score 35 points is not bad. Yeah, I mean, the pick at the end of the first half, I saw Haller tweeted, um, yeah. you know, this is why last yeah. week in that situation they just ran out the clock. But Yeah, I thought of that too. I mean, I saw that too, and I almost even sent that to you because we had discussed that, you know. And I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's easy to say after that happens. And he's right. I, mean, I, can't, I can't dispute that. Um, you know, you make that mistake. And, you know, when, when the defense had held to three straight field goals, uh, and, I, and I say had held, you know, with – very loose definition of held, but nonetheless, that you know, they kind of band-aided it together for a few drives, and we were only down by nine. And you think, you know, maybe just maybe just take that. But at the same time, that's the that's the approach you have when you know your defense is going to break eventually. Is you you can't you can't at that point think, well, we're only down nine, we're good, we can we can go in the locker room, we can figure this out, turn this around. No, I think that that strategy is born out of having a defense that you know is gonna fall apart so you got to get as many points as you can yeah and I think you know I think Lindsay's play calling has been it's not gimmicky but it's gimmicky out of it's gadget plays out of necessity the, out of necessity, know, absolutely the yeah. hook and yeah, ladder man. was a great play call but you know no yeah. one's expecting it and you yeah. got a good crisp pass from DSC yeah. and a, a smart lateral that was not in any jeopardy yeah and it went yeah, for an extra I mean, you know five six yards and absolutely yeah i mean again you, you can't complain about his lack of of imagination or anything that's that's a you know oftentimes fans and i know we've done it like you know why don't you try this why don't you do that boy i mean he's he's thrown everything out there and yeah i mean it's hard to evaluate him in a lot of ways like how he's going to approach things consistently because this has been out of necessity um we'll see you know next year probably and hopefully with better health you know, what does he do as the year goes along and the adjustments you make and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I cannot complain about the approach he has taken. Um, he's, he's given us chances to win these games that, you know, otherwise you'd, you'd probably think, you know, boy, if he had just stayed with a conventional offense and what we do, I mean, we're probably getting run off the field by 40 points the last two weeks. So he's, he's keeping us in it. Uh, you know, with, with, you know, it's like MacGyver, you know, he's using, using every little, you know, paper clip he can to try to make an explosive. Yeah. I I've been impressed, you know, I think that 
I think that if we're going to make offseason moves, you're going to see it happen on the defensive side of the ball. My hope yeah. is that we don't have a you know a half dozen coaches cycle through after the season, including coming and then leaving. I, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, if I know we're saving a lot of money off of where Norvell ended to where Lindsay is now, to the extent that we need to make up some of the difference with him to keep him from taking a head coaching job, I think mm-hmm. that that would be wise. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'll I would, agree. I mean, he's he's been the bright spot of the coaching, I think. Yeah, and, and I would hope that if there's an opportunity to get a Justin Wilcox or Justin Wilcox type defensive yeah. coach, that we make yeah. that move. Or steal, you know, poach somebody from Utah or Washington, so, something right. to do something. I mean, it's going to be interesting because I, I guess I guess you wonder, you know, how much of this defense is Todd Graham? I mean, that's his calling card. That's his background, his defense. And, and yes, Keith Patterson is the coordinator, and uh, you know, and they they've been together for a long time. But you know, is is Graham willing, uh, willing, or will he be forced to? I guess there's there's two questions to that. Uh, bring in somebody to run the defense and take his hands off of it to take a different approach and not butt in and just be the head, you know, be more of a CEO type. We heard, you know, I heard that um, in the past few weeks, like about Mark Richt at Georgia, that he kind of, he kind of took his hands off the offense there for a lot of years. And he just became more the CEO, make the big decisions, the strategy, that kind of thing. You know, is Graham willing to do that on his own or will his bosses, Ray Anderson leading the way come to him and say, Hey, you want another year. You're going to have to do this. It's just, this just can't stand. Um, and I don't know, you know, that'll be the interesting thing of, of what happens in a month from now, uh, when the regular season comes to an end and, and, you know, what sort of things happen behind the scenes, um, to bring about change. Cause there's gotta be some change. You can't just, you know, what's the old cliche about insanity? Can't just keep doing the same thing and expect it to improve. Yeah. Um, beyond the ASU game, there was some interesting Pac-12 action. Washington wound up hanging on with that punt return to beat Utah. Yeah, heck of a game. Really was a, really was a good game. And, and, you know, watching Washington, man, and, and they're a young team, and I don't know if the pressure will get to them as the season builds, but... Boy, they do they do everything pretty well. You know, they got a good defense. They can run the ball really well, like they did yesterday. Browning's a really good quarterback. They got good special teams. They got a good kicker. I mean, there's there's not a lot in in there that you think, boy, well, okay, you can expose them this way if you make them throw or if you if you make them defend the pass or whatever. Like they're they're pretty good all around for a team that kind of you know is in their first year as a contender. They seem to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, they certainly they certainly haven't shied away from any of the moments so far. Going to no. you know playing no. Oregon, this game against Utah, things yeah. that people would have circled as a lot of pressure on you to win this game. They've done it. Yeah, and they, and they responded yesterday. I mean, they got out to a fourteen nothing lead, and in watching it at the beginning, I'm thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna cruise again. They go up and down the field, you know, two of the first three drives, and they're getting stops. Browning throws that interception and it kind of turned the game for a little bit. Utah ends up taking the lead early in the third quarter. And, and it was, you know, it looked dicey, but they answer back. They, they score on the next drive, get the lead back. And then, you know, even when Utah goes down and ties the game, they get the punt return to win it and get the stop at the end. I mean, it, an impressive gut check kind of win for a team, like I said, that's kind of, you know, first experience playing these type of games, you know, with all the pressure and, everybody watching you and you're in the top five you know you, you'd expect maybe some 
some struggle and didn't see it yesterday. They got they got five more games to go to, to finish it off, but um, you know, impressive performance yesterday. On the flip side, from a team that was young and you know not aware of how big the moment was, you have Clemson again. You know, against Florida State, coming back at the end on a yep. Thirty-four yep. yard Leggett touchdown reception yep. from Washington. a heck of a game, boy! What a, I mean, those two teams they they play really good games, uh, memorable games, and and that was that was a fun one last night, and that, you know that that had a little bit of everything, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, just back and forth, and uh, but yeah, I mean, Clemson just keeps answering the bell. You know, they they haven't been pretty this year for the most part, but they just keep winning, and they're eight zero and. You know, the schedule's a little bit easier from here on. There's still a couple potentially tricky ones, but, uh, you know, you'd, you'd like their chances to at least get to the ACC title game. They can even lose one and, and still get there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, impressive, and, and the veteran experience pays off, I think. Yeah, for Florida State, Dalvin Cook, 19 carries, almost 170 yards and four yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a chance, and, He's probably still on the periphery of it to, you know, throw himself into the Heisman mix if they had won that game as he had the two big runs and had the other big run that where, you know, and I don't know if you saw the penalty that was called that probably was not a good call. And Jimbo Fisher just lost his mind uh, when they were up by two points and, and he had the big run that would have put him inside the 30 and they called a crackback, which didn't look like a crackback, uh, you know, and they kind of came unglued for a little bit there. So. Uh, he had he had big numbers. Could have been even bigger. It would have been probably about two twenty if if that run counts. Yeah, and I mean there were interesting games up and down the board. Wisconsin taking out Nebraska in overtime. Texas Good game. Texas yeah. upending Baylor. That's that's two top ten teams that fall. Yeah, and West Virginia too. Uh, the Big Twelve. No no more unbeaten's from there. So uh, yeah, I mean I was thinking last night. You know the the people in the playoff committee room would probably be real happy if the season could just end right now. Their decision would be really easy. You got four unbeaten's, one from each major conference. The Big 12 doesn't have an unbeaten. And if, if all those teams can win out, it's, it's real simple. Um, but, you know, we know things get tricky in November and December, and it's highly unlikely that, you know, all four of those teams are going to go 5-0 and down the stretch. That's, that's asking a lot. Yeah. The other one interesting game of note for me was uh, Wyoming upsetting yeah. Boise on a safety. Yeah, yeah, bizarre end, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it just makes the group of five all that more interesting with Western Michigan now. Yeah, You would think yeah. in the driver's seat if things got real crazy. Probably so. I mean, I, I don't know if they could get into the playoff, but they certainly have a have a real good chance of, of, of getting that built. Uh, you know, I think it would be the – the Cotton automatic Bowl this year yeah the, yeah you know so yeah i mean they're they're probably the the team to beat there and i don't i don't necessarily know who would move up into that spot if if they were to lose uh, there's no more unbeatens outside of the power conferences except western michigan so you know could boise get back in maybe but boise also would now need a little help to even win the mountain west um because now they're a game behind wyoming with the head-to-head loss so and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Houston's got two losses now, so, I mean, the odds of them even winning their division aren't great. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Western Michigan falters who jumps into that spot. It's certainly going to make for an interesting last little bit. Uh, ASU is on a bye this week, but that doesn't mean that Matt and I are on a bye. We're going to be back talking ASU basketball, talking ASU football, going into 
the final stretch, and maybe a little something special about <laughs> fake football as well. <laughs> Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.